friends. Welcome to Faith FM Drive Time Big Q&A. This is a show where we respond to difficult questions concerning faith, God, contemporary religion and the Bible. This is the show where we look at world religious trends in the light of Bible prophecy. G'day friends, it's Pastor Will here in the studio uh, today, all the way from South Australia, and uh, we're hoping and we're thanking you for tuning in today. We have a brand new topic that we're kicking off this week, and I just want to introduce my co-host in the studio with me today, Pastor Britton Wilkinson. Thank you, Will. Afternoon. Pleasure to be here. Lovely. And um, it's a Monday, we're going live, so wherever you are in South Australia or across the country, hey, we want to say thank you for tuning in, and we hope during this next hour that you would, uh, yeah, you'd be blessed as we dive into a brand new theme uh, that we are kicking off this week. And An so, interesting one. Will. Very interesting one. Mm. So our theme that we are going to be kicking off today and for the rest of our team is the Bible, the church, and the environment. The Bible, the church, and the environment. And uh, today, uh, Brendan, we're going to be looking at one aspect of this uh, theme, which is, is there danger in worshipping the creation rather than the creator? Very there are some very clear Bible texts on that, Will, so we'll unpack those during the next Yeah, hour. praise God. Uh, so that's what we're going to be looking at today, and uh, we hope that you will be um, blessed as we start this conversation today, yes. and our team will be unpacking different aspects of this theme. So that's the theme for this week, the Bible, the church, and the environment, and uh, we hope that you be super blessed as we... Um, uh, have our time together today. And so uh, we have a book offer that we're going to promote today in just a few moments. But before we do that, we always like to, at the top of the show, um, s- just spend just a few moments um, during for our what we call our World Watch segment, just kind of taking something that we're seeing on the news or that's out there in the social media space. And There's something really out there at the moment, isn't uh, it? <laughs> absolutely, Brenton. And so um, the article that I want to read, and it's you've probably seen about it on the news, um Basically, Israel and Palestinian conflict that's happening at this very moment over there in the Middle East. And so, so Brendan, what I wanted to do, uh, just for our short segment, yeah, sure. I wanted to read a little bit of this article from um, ABC News. They just put it up yesterday yes. on their abc.net.au website. And the article is entitled, Israel and Hamas at War. How did we get here and how is it playing out? Now, before I get into the, the reader, I don't want to read the whole thing, but just a couple of lines, Brendan. But sure. I guess for our listeners and for you and I, obviously, as well, Mm. we know that the Middle East, there's been conflict for millennia, essentially, but essentially between Palestine and Israel over the last, you know, last 50 odd years, um, especially. Um, So what I wanted to do for our listeners as well, Brendan, I want to share a bit from this article and I want to tie it in a little bit to, hey, what does the Bible say about this conflict? Does the Bible mention anything about is this Israel-Palestinian conflict? It's interesting, Will, because it is, you mentioned the, uh, the year 50 years. It is 50 years this year since uh, the Arabs invaded Israel or attacked Israel on the Day of Atonement, 1973. Oh, wow. Now it's 2023, so it's 50 years ago. Having been to Israel myself only a couple of years ago, it's very interesting. I spoke to both Israelis and Arabs while I was over there, and I said, what is it with you guys? <laughs> I said, yeah. you don't seem to be able to go, in. oh, no, no, we get, we get along okay. And I thought, no, no, no. No, you don't. That's, that's, the evidence suggests otherwise. But yeah. um, it was interesting, nevertheless, we... we 
had the privilege of looking through a lot of the sacred sites in Israel that uh-huh. Christ is supposed to have visited, and our guide was secular. He was an Israeli, and he was not, uh-huh. not religious in any shape or form. That comprises the bulk of the Israeli population. Wow. They're secular. Okay. When we went to Palestine and to Bethlehem, we had a Palestinian guide because they're under the Palestinian authority, and she was a Christian. So just wow. to, I'm just putting it out yeah, there for okay. people to think about. But, wow. So, Brendan, um, Pastor Brendan, let me just share probably just uh, just maybe the first couple of paragraphs just to get a bit of context. Sure. Um, so if you haven't been watching the news for our listeners out there, and you probably have seen it, but if you haven't, um, this is what's happening in the Middle East as of literally 24, 48 hours ago. And so the article begins saying this, Palestinian militant group Hamas has launched the biggest attack on Israel in years in a surprise assault that combined gunmen crossing into Israel yes. with a barrage of rockets fired from the Gaza Strip. Israel said it was on a war footing and began its own strikes against Hamas targets in Gaza and had called up reservists. Here is what we know so far. So I'll probably just read just a little bit. Sure, Not sure. too much. How the attack unfolded. At about 6.30 a.m. local time, Palestinian Islamic group... Yeah, which day was this? So if this article came up on... I think it... Belie- I believe it was Sabbath morning over there yes, in Israel. Yes, about right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, just just a little bit over a couple of days ago. Um, Palestinian Islamist group Hamas fired a barrage of rockets across southern Israel with sirens heard as far away as Tel Aviv and Besheba. Hamas said it had fired 5,000 rockets in a first barrage. Israel's military said 2,500 rockets were fired. The barrage served... Well, by the way, it's a lot. Yeah, that, that's a lot. I'm wondering how they were counting it, but, but, they, but they, that's okay. what they say. The barrage served as a cover for an unprecedented multi-pronged infiltration of fighters, with the Israeli military saying at 7.40 a.m. that Palestinian gunmen had crossed into Israel. Most fighters crossed through breaches in land security barriers separating Gaza and Israel, but at least one was filmed crossing on a powered parachute while a motorboat was filmed heading to Zikim, I believe, yes. an Israeli coastal town and military base. Mm, Videos issued right. by Hamas showed fighters breaching the security fences with the dim light and low sun suggesting it was at around the time of the rocker bar- barrage. Um, right. So I guess the article is saying here, and look, I won't get into it a bit further, but Hamas initiated the conflict and yes. Israel responded yep. um, with their own attack series of airstrikes. The, the article is saying here, um, Benjamin Netanyahu, the uh, prime minister, um, he basically announced, you know, he said, we no, are at war. war. Mm, he says, not an operation, not around, but at war. And so in retaliation, the Israeli military launched a series of airstrikes against targets of Iran-backed Hamas in the blockaded coastal enclave where black smoke billowed in the sky. Yeah. Um, look, and I think this is probably the most disturbing aspect of the article, Brent, and then we'll switch over to, I guess, the connection with the Bible. The latest death toll, Israel's National Rescue Service said at least 250 people had been killed and hundreds more were injured in the attack. The casualties made Hamas's attack on southern Israel the deadliest one in Israel in years. At least 232 people in the Gaza Strip had been killed and at least 1,700 injured in Israel's retaliation. So, you know... What's interesting is um, we had the privilege of travelling along the wall, you know, the wall that separates the Palestinians from... uh, 
when you're on the Israeli side of the wall, it's uh, I can't remember a lot of what we saw because if I took pictures, um, yeah. I haven't got them on my mobile phone or downloaded them since. But the Palestinian side was very interesting. Um, there were messages. It was very much like going to a, a group of abandoned railway carriages along our railway line here yeah. where people have graffitied the whole yeah. thing. Uh, basically, I would call what was on there probably graffiti, but the the um, the messages, I have no hope, where is my family, what future have I got? I'm, I'm ad-libbing. I'm not telling you yeah. the exact words yep. that um, we read, but I just said to my wife and my brother-in-law and sister-in-law who were with me, I said, have you read these messages? Because being the type of person I am, I'm when I'm there, I'm in the moment. I yeah. really like to know yeah. what's going on. And I'm saying, have you read any of these messages? They're messages of hopelessness. Mm. No hope for a future. Israel will never allow Palestine to be an independent, autonomous state. Yeah. As long as they have breath in their bodies, it'll never happen. And so, you know, I'm not taking sides in this because this was yeah. a barbarous attack. There's innocent people being killed. Yeah. Uh, but it's, they said it's the worst loss of life since the 1973 yeah. war. Yeah. Yeah. And this Brandon, is on both I, yeah. sides. Yeah. You know? And just to yeah. go back to the article, just to obviously, um, this, there's a subheading here in the article. Why did Hamas launch operations at operation? It's, they, they've called it. Operation Al-Aqsa Storm. The leader of Hamas's military wing, Mohammed Deif, said the assault was in response to the 16-year blockade of Gaza. That's right. Israeli raids inside the West Bank cities over the past year. Yeah. Violence at Al-Aqsa, I believe that's the mosque that's referring that's, to. That's the Temple yeah, Mount yeah. Mosque, and this is where your uh, comment on yeah. um, <laughs> prophecy will come Yeah. <laughs> And then yeah. an increasing attacks by settlers on Palestinians and the growth all of, of which settlements. has happened. I yeah. might add, as yeah. I say, I'm not taking sides. That's right. All of those things yeah. have happened. So, hey, first and foremost, I just wanted to acknowledge, um, obviously, the what's going on over there, and yes. and just hearing that you know there's people dead, there's families there in the Middle East that have lost loved ones, and mm. both sides. There's it's no tragic. winners in it's this tragic. war. And so um, I just want to, yeah, just as fellow Christians, just want to be praying for peace in that region. Yes. But um, but before we kind of move on from this segment, Brendan, I wanted to kind of touch on just a little bit about Israel because, you know, as you and I are pastors, we've, you know, we every now and then we come across uh, we pe- skeptics, people who are inquiring about, hey, what's going on in the Middle East? Um, is anything mentioned in prophecy as yeah. uh, report, sure. per- per- you know, Referring to Israel, and um, I just want to maybe just show, share just a little yeah, bit. Fine. Go ahead. I think when I think of Israel's purpose, um, let me just backtrack a little bit. Um, when I read, I guess the Jewish scriptures, the Old Testament, essentially, the primary function of the Jewish nation, you know, I think uh, Brendan, they had their role was to preserve the scriptures, but ultimately to introduce to the Messiah. Them. It was to introduce yeah. the Messiah to the world. Yeah, not just to yeah. those around about yeah. them. Yeah. So, in a in a thirty second sure. answer, does Israel play a role? I guess, or what does it? In my humble opinion, here's where, where I kind of land on this all, um, Brenton. Um, when Jesus died, the the Jewish Sanhedrin or the Supreme Court, you know, in, in today's uh, language, they when they officially rejected the message of the gospel, 
uh, through the the mm. apostles, through mm. Peter and James and, and the and and Apostle Paul, from that point on, as particularly with the stoning of of, of Stephen. Stephen in AD thirty four, this is where I believe Brenton that at that point, in a sense, Israel had ceased being the representatives of God or the the ones the channel in which God mm. was trying to diffuse mm. and share his gospel his light and i think in the new testament you see a shift that now the the gospel would now go to the gentiles it's, it's a seismic shift on the other hand individual jews still have the opportunity of salvation yeah, absolutely the same as anybody else what's interesting is you might remember that in matthew 23 i was only reading it this morning in my worship time matthew 23 is the seven woes you remember yes. the seven woes uh, and right at the end of it uh, christ says to them behold your house is left to you desolate then I'm reading down right. because I'm looking at a new living translation. I use five or six different versions of the Bible when I'm studying. Wow. And I'm looking down at it and it says some manuscripts do not have desolate. Okay. But before that it said your house is left to you abandoned. And I'm asking myself the question, is there really a difference between desolate and abandoned? If I say your house is desolate, what are you thinking? Yeah. There's nobody there. No one there. If I tell you your house is abandoned, what are you thinking? <laughs> Same hello, thing. hello. No one there. <laughs> There's nobody there. So difference um, in words. So, and then prior to that, you have the parable of the the vineyard, and the vineyard owner who yeah. sends them his son, and then Jesus says to them, "What do you think the owner of the vineyard is going to do to those men? They yeah. pronounce their own doom. They said he will." Send his army and destroy those murderers. <laughs> yeah, exactly. da, 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 yeah. da, da. And then right at the end of the chapter, it says, and they realized he was talking about them. Yeah. Now, Paul does talk about Israel. We need to be careful here. I believe the important thing from the scriptures, Paul teaches that in Romans 10, if you study Romans 10 carefully, you realize that Romans 10 is talking about spiritual Israel. It's the grafting in of the Gentiles yeah, into the original vine or olive tree or whatever illustration is used there. However, it's indicating that now both Jews and Gentiles comprise God's true yeah. spiritual Israel. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Well, hey, that's our World Watch segment. And again, uh, for our listeners out there, hey, as we're seeing this conflict unfolding, um, yeah, we need to be praying as Christians, praying for for peace and and especially for those who have lost yes, loved ones during we this do during this both, time for both groups. Yeah. Mm. Well, hey, we're going to switch gears and we're going to go to a break in a moment. But before we do that, we'd like to promote our book offer oh, yes. at this moment in time. Our free book offer to you, our loyal listeners out there in Radio Land, is the book entitled There Is an Answer by Alejandro, I believe his name is. Oh, I think you've got that. Boulon. You <laughs> it took me been, a while to... You must have it. been practicing. I was. <laughs> well, here Alejandro. we go. Alejandro Boulon is very clear at raising the problems, <clears throat> honest at pointing out the consequences and humble at providing solutions. His vast experience in dealing with people of different cultures and social conditions let him provide appropriate answers to the reader. So just to give you an idea of some of the um, topics, topics that's the word I was looking for. <laughs> chapter 1, our greatest need. Chapter 2, is it possible to believe in God? Uh, there's a chapter here, why pain, suffering, and death. I'm and, sure a lot of people will read that one. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Living longer and better. Is it necessary to have a family? What happens after death? Will a new order, world order be established? And there's a host of others. So, hey... The title yeah, of the book, good. There Is an yeah, Answer. If, you, if you're if you tuning on today's program, I am 
almost convinced that, hey, this would be a book that would be a blessing to you to go through. So here's, here's what we're going to do. If you'd like a free copy, all you need to do is text the code <coughs> SA139. The text is, the code, sorry, is SA139. You need to text that into our number in the studio, 04888-80811. And our friendly bot will get in touch with you, get your details, and then we'll get that book out to you as soon as we can. So, um, one more time. Be. He's not on holidays, our bot. So he's not on, no. He's not on holidays. He's not on holidays, our bot. Our I'd love to meet him, me. but <laughs> he's not on holidays. Yeah. So, um, that's the book again. Uh, there is an answer. Alejandro Bulon, I believe his name is pronounced. And again, the code is SA139 to the number 04888-80811, and we'll get that book out to you as soon as we can. Uh, can. So please don't go away. We'll be back in just a few moments. You're listening to Faith FM Drive Time Big Q&A.
That was In the Image of God by Sunset Worship. You're listening to Faith FM Drive Time BQ&A. It's uh, Will and Brenton here in the studio uh, live from South Australia. If you're just tuning in, we're uh, beginning our brand new theme for this week. And our theme is entitled The Bible, the Church and the Environment. And uh, that's the theme that Brenton and I and the rest of our team will be unpacking here on Drive Time BQ&A for the rest of the week. But tonight, uh, Brenton and I, the question we'll be looking at is, is there danger in worshipping the creation rather than the creator? And that's what we're going to be diving into today. And hey, Brendan, before, um, before we jump in, I just wanted to kind of just very quickly, one of, I think one of the reasons why our... While we're kind of having a look at this conversation around creation and the environment, because just to let our listeners know, they may not realize it, but, um, something had come on the, on the news just recently. Um, there was a, the COP28 climate summit, which is basically all the world leaders getting together and they discuss climate change and whatnot. But, um, the Pope actually, um, is urging, you know, the Pope, the leader of the Catholic Church, he's urging, the world to make profound changes to tackle climate crisis. That's right. And um, so I guess that's part of the reason why our team wanted to kind of go down this uh, conversation because in light of what's happening with this world religious leader who's calling on the all calling on the, the world leaders um, of the UN to talk about climate change. And so I think that's very interesting uh when you think about it, Brenton, that a religious leader is kind of spearheading this yes, movement yes, uh, yes. in the f- for the world to kind of say, "Hey, let's get together because our world is out of kilter and our world is getting warmer by the day." And I, I think, Brendan, there there could be something going on there. In terms of prophecy, so. and yes, I think that's sure. something to mention to our listeners. And so, 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 Brendan, why don't you walk us through this topic? Well, Is it dangerous to worship the creation? When we talk about creation, we talk about nature and yeah. other, you know, anything aside from from God. So, is there danger worshiping the creation rather than the creator? Well, we could look at it this way. Will uh, one. <laughs> This is the way I'm going to choose to um, direct our uh, time together today, and that is um, why is it dangerous to worship the created rather than the creator? And this leads us to some very interesting texts. And the first one I want to read, and we're going to share this, is comes from the book of Deuteronomy. And it says this, The book of Deuteronomy, uh, we would call basically Moses' last will and testament. Uh, He's about to die, and he is sharing with the people of Israel, who he's led faithfully for 40 years in the wilderness. They're about to go into the promised land. He he tells them this in chapter 4 and verse 15 to 19. Take careful heed to yourselves, for you saw no form when the Lord spoke to you at Horeb out of the midst of the fire. That's the giving of the Ten Commandments we're referring to. Lest you act corruptly and make for yourselves a carved image in the form of any figure, the likeness of male or female, the likeness of any animal that is on the earth, or the likeness of any winged bird that flies in the air, the likeness of anything that creeps on the ground, or the likeness of any fish 
the ground um, that is in the water beneath the earth and take heed lest you lift up your eyes. And this, this is where it becomes interesting. Lift up your eyes to heaven and when you see the sun, moon and stars, all the host of heaven, you feel driven to worship them and serve them, which the Lord your God has given to all the people under the whole heaven as a heritage. Now, that's that's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> this is where it starts. God is basically saying, you cannot represent me by anything that you make. Okay. I am beyond that. I'm, I'm transcendent. We sometimes use the word transcendent, but God is really saying that I am holy, I am the creator of all things, and you cannot represent me by anything that man or woman can make. So right. don't even try. Right. I want you to worship me according to what I've told you to do. And it's interesting as you go through the scriptures, which we'll do in the, in the time that we've got, and then compare it with some of the things that are being said in 2023, as recently as about six weeks ago. Uh, we find this. We find that... Um, <clears throat> Whenever Israel went away from God, they began worshipping idols. Right. And when they ultimately went into captivity, as you know, Will, in uh, 605 BC, it started when Nebuchadnezzar took the first group of captives from Jerusalem to Babylon. One of the major reasons why God allowed them to go into captivity for disciplinary purposes was because they were worshipping idols. And they were worshipping idols because they'd, I believe, gone away from worshipping God in the way that he had determined. The irony of it all is that they still had a temple up until Nebuchadnezzar destroyed it. They are probably still going through their uh, various worship rituals and things right. like that. But <clears throat> it's obvious that they had lost exactly what God uh, wanted them to do. Now, if we backtrack a little bit from what we've just read to when the Ten Commandments were given on Mount Sinai, which you found in Exodus 20, but I'm going back to uh, a little bit after that. So during that time that the Ten Commandments are being given to Moses, we find the children of Israel are down on the plain waiting for Moses to come back. Chapter 32 of Exodus says this, Now when the people saw that Moses delayed coming down from the mountain, the people gathered together unto Aaron and said unto him, Come, make us gods, gods is Elohim, that shall go before us. For as for this Moses, the man who brought us out of the land of Egypt, we do not know what has become of him. And Aaron said to them, You know, break off your rings and bring them to me. And he fashioned a, a calf. And notice what they say at the end of verse 4. Then they said, this is your God, not God's plural, singular. This is your God, O Israel, that brought you out of the land of Egypt. Right. Now, when Moses comes down <laughs> with the Ten Commandments, one of the commandments, as we know, is commandment <laughs> number two. Yeah. Number one says you shall have no other gods before me. Number two says you cannot represent me by anything that mankind makes. <clears throat> So I found that particularly, yeah. particularly interesting that here we are, these are the people that God had chosen above all people on the face of the earth, going right back to the time of Abram when he first made that promise to Abram that in you all nations of the earth will be blessed. 
And guess who's fighting over there in Israel at the moment? The descendants of Abraham. Yeah. They all claim to be descended from Abraham. <laughs> so here we are. We've got this particular problem. So God says, you can't represent me by anything. I want you to worship me in spirit and in truth. And yet whenever they went off track, what did they do? They worship what were some of the things that you can think of, Will, that uh, what about their moral standards? What about um, the way they did business? What about even the way they treated one another? If you do not recognize the true God and, and love him supremely, how is it possible? And I'm, I'm throwing this out there for people to think about. How is it possible to treat one another as Jesus said when he said, by this all men will know you are my disciples if you love one another. Well, if you have other gods before him, if you have other idols, how is it possible to do that? Yeah. How is it possible to love God supremely and your neighbor is yourself? I, I, I struggle with that. I, yeah. <laughs> I think that. <laughs> I think, look, for, I think for me as well. Yeah. I think for me, um, because we're talking about, you know, Obviously, we're looking at from the Judeo-Christian perspective of, yes, of the scriptures, are. and we're sure. talking about the God of the Israelites, the God that revealed himself uh, through uh, the Bible. And I think there's a text to me that kind of is part of the conversation, Brendan, Isaiah 42, verse 8. And, uh, there's what does a, it say? It says there, it. I am the Lord, this is the NIV version, I am the Lord, that is my name. I will not yield my glory to another or my praise to idols. And ah. I, th- I think for me, you know, sometimes you you may ask the question, our listeners might be, you know, why is God so against idols? What is it? Can't we just have something that, you know, that kind that of represents. represents him, you know, like a good luck charm or, or something of that nature? And I think what I what it boils down to for me is it comes back to when when you worship something that is not, that is not God. It it transforms. It takes away from the character of God. Your yeah. and I think what, to what, me. What about your behaviour? It, it takes away your um, relationship with yeah. God. But what about what effect does it have on your behaviour? Yeah, personally. Yeah, it it kind of it kind of turns you into into basically reverses your. How do I put yeah, it? I, I know what you're trying to say. You were made, I guess, from the Christian perspective, you're made in the image of God. Yep, you're made yep. to know God and reflect God and know his love and nature and character. Yep. So when we detach from uh, ascribing our worship and our allegiance to God, then we become almost like objects of worship in in the sense that we yes, are worshipping yes. our own. And who de- who determines who God is? We do. Okay, that's where you're going, what, yes. What, whatever our... And this is what I'm coming to now. Um, did you have more on? No, this? no. I just no. wanted to. I, um, so one more thing. I just wanted to say, like the, the text on jealousy. I know it may not be the, the greatest illustration, but when because no, no, there's verses one. that talks about God as a jealous God, and I was kind of thinking, just I, I have a four year old, right? And I love how when I come home, you know, we just have, you know, we just have the a beautiful uh, father daughter relationship, and I kind of was thinking like. You know, unfortunately, kids kind of pick up on things that they, they see do. their parents do. They do. So quickly. it's so funny that Narai is four years old now and she will see, like, she sees, you know, me and my wife kind of, you know, hugging or just showing affection. And then we look at her, she's two meters away and just 
folding her arms and giving us this look. And the truth of the matter is, she learned that from us because yep. when I see her doing that with with my wife, <laughs> I don't know why I do this, but I, I turn you into the well. I turn into the yeah, four year old. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. so, jealousy is it's very much it's it's almost saying, hey, what are you? That's my mum. That's my dad. You know, like when she's looking at it, my parents. I think that's kind of like how God is. When when he sees his creation, people that he loves and created in his image. Yeah, and they're worshipping other things. We're created in God's image. Yes. We are lowering ourselves. As human beings, we are debasing, if I can Uh use that term. We are corrupting ourselves by trying to represent God by things that we can paint, things that we can make, or whatever. Yeah. Um, let me go a little bit further because there's a lot here. Um, <clears throat> I want to share something that is as current as you can possibly get. Some people who are listening to our program may have heard of the Parliament of World Religions. Now, the Parliament of World Religions meets every couple of years. Recently, they met in the city of Chicago in the state of Illinois in the United States in August, late August. 6,000 representatives from around the world representing 200 religions met together to talk primarily, (laughs) as you said earlier on, it was about the climate crisis that we have in our world. Now... (laughs) 200 religions, it it blows the mind. All I want to share with our listeners today is this. This is the closing prayer. So just remind me again, Brendan, what was the name of this big gathering? The Parliament of World Religions. Parliament of World Religions. So this is the prayer that was prayed. tomorrow night with our friend Gary, Gary has been to a Parliament of World Religions. So he's been to one. A number of years ago, there was one in Melbourne. It, it was apparently Melbourne's turn to hold the Parliament of World Religions and Pastor Gary Hodgkin, who's our host on uh, Tuesdays and Wednesdays, he uh, actually went over to it and he's told me once, he said it was one of the most interesting things he'd ever <laughs> attended because of what was being said. Okay. And that sort of thing. But this was the closing prayer. I'm not going to read the prayer. I'm just going to share with you some segments from it. Uh, For our listeners who may be interested in checking it out for themselves, it's called the Canticle of Creation. It's alternatively known as the Canticle of the Sun, not the S-O-N, the S-U-N. Okay. And it's alleged to have been written by St. Francis of Assisi in about the year 1244. Be praised, my Lord, for all your creation, and especially for our brother, Sun. S-U-N, not S-O-N. We're not talking about the Son of God. We're talking our about son. our brother's wow, son. How interesting is that? In the morning. Okay. Be praised, my Lord, for Sister Moon. Be praised, my Lord, for brothers, wind and air. Be praised, my Lord, for the sea. Be praised, my Lord, for Sister Earth, our mother. Now, you would expect right. that type of terminology, would you not, from some other religions of the world, possibly Buddhist, Hindu, other groups. Um, I'm not singling any out particularly, but it's not the type of thing you would expect to come from a Christian. And then he calls, <laughs> this is the one that blew me away, Sister Death. We thank you, Lord, for Sister Death. Wow. And I'm going, hello, hello. The Bible calls death an enemy. Yeah. A sister is someone who is close to you. 
So, so <laughs> death, death is an enemy. So, what you quoted just then by Francis of Assisi—that is what that was that's prayed the closing over. prayer. Just this at happened the World this week. Parliament of Religions yeah. a few weeks ago in Chicago. Wow. Now, I, I thought that was really, really interesting. That this is what was said at that particular um, forum. <sighs> It gives you some sort of an idea of the type of thinking. You mentioned COP28. Um, we have touched on that, I think, on previous programs. But yeah. I, I think we need to perhaps look at another verse just to get us back on track from Isaiah 44. Those who make an image, all of them are useless, and their precious things shall not profit. They are their own witnesses. They neither see nor know that they may be ashamed. I could take you to texts in Jeremiah as well, but anyway, who would form a God or mould an image that profits him nothing? Surely all his companions would be ashamed, and the workmen, they are mere men. Let them all be gathered together, let them stand up. Yet they shall fear, they shall be ashamed together. In other words, God is saying through the prophet Isaiah that Again, why are you wasting your time making images? Why are you wasting your time trying to make effigies or whatever it is that you're trying to do to represent me? Because you were all you were demonstrating is your foolishness. Yeah. Now here's where it becomes interesting. Um, (coughs) I've not had the privileges, I no doubts some of our listeners have had of going to Europe and going to some of the big cathedrals. Yeah. But I have been to a cathedral in Spain by the name of the Sagrida Familia. Right. Sagrida is sacred okay. in Spanish. A familia is family. Right. So the sacred I think I got family. that one. You got that one? <laughs> good, good. Uh, it's still being built. They started building it in 1926. They hope to be finished by 2026. I said to my wife I'd really like to go over for the 100th anniversary, but... It's It's got four spires, if I remember correctly, and it will be the tallest building in Barcelona. They're not, uh, the government is not going to allow any building to be built that is taller than this. The tallest spire, I think, is about 175 metres in height. So so what was it? An old church, was no, it? Yeah, it's a cathedral. Oh, it's a kitchen. But cathedral. when you go inside it, it is literally awe-inspiring. Now, those who have travelled widely in Europe and in England and have been to some of the great cathedrals, there is a sense, there's a real sense of urgency there. There's a real sense of how can we represent God? You've got these stained glass windows with all the saints on them and all of this type of yeah. stuff. We'll get to that a little bit later about the saints. But um, anyway, <laughs> all of these things are meant <laughs> by human beings to remind people of the true God. <laughs> yeah. And yet Jesus said to, uh, you remember in um, John 4, he said to the woman at the well, he said, the time is coming when it doesn't matter whether you worship me on Mount Gerizim or yeah. in Jerusalem. God wants those to worship him, to worship him in spirit and in, and truth. in truth. Yeah, And that it can't be brought about by man because the spirit it's talking about is the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit comes from God. But anyway, just, just before we go to a break, <clears throat> what is a saint? In the strict sense of the word, it's one or someone who is in heaven and has been presented by the church for public worship. Hello? Is the worship of the saints confined to their persons? Question? No. It extends also to their relics and images. Last question. 
Ought we worship holy images? We should have particularly in our churches images of our Lord, also the Blessed Virgin and the saints. Now, that's part of uh, the Catechism. It's doctrine number three. Interestingly enough, <clears throat> as the church corrupted itself, what are we doing? <laughs> We're starting yeah. to do the very things that we said, that God said in Deuteronomy 4 not to do. Yeah. He said, you can't represent me by anything. <laughs> yeah. And furthermore, <laughs> what is the point of worshipping saints? Because we know full well that the saints are not in heaven. The saints are sleeping, waiting Jesus' return. Correct. So uh, they're, they're just some of the things, but we need to come to Romans 1, verse 18 yeah. to 25. How about we do that after the break, Brendan? After the break? Yeah. It's time for a break. Okay. Well, hey, we're just going to go to a break, and we want to promote the book offer one more time, and the book is called There Is an Answer by Alejandro Bullon. Or you Bullon. really have got that. Yeah, I've got it down, You've Pat, Brendan. <laughs> <laughs> so um, here's the... It says, throughout human history, human beings have looked for answers to diverse questions of their daily life, which is our greatest need as human beings. Where do we come from? Where are we going? Why is there so much suffering? Is it possible to be happy? What happens after death? These are just some questions that um, Pastor Evangelist uh, Alejandro tackles in this book, There is an Answer. Hey, we would like to give this to you free of charge. All you need to do is text the code SA139 to the number zero four triple eight eight zero eight double one. The code one more time, SA139. You need to text that code to zero four triple eight eight zero eight double one and we'll get that book out to you. Just by the way, before we go to our, our break, we have had a book offer coming in from Sue and we want to just say thank, thank you, you Sue for tuning in and we appreciate you listening in today. We'll get that book out to you as soon as we can. We've also got a comment by John. Uh, John Gossies have actually just texted uh, and where's John a bit of a, from? Um, I'm not sure where he's from. <laughs> John. Oh, no, no, he's actually tuning in from the from the from the Central Coast, I believe it is. Oh, wow. So he's going, hey, guys, enjoy the comment by any of your team. Um, individual Jews still had and still have the opportunity to come into the truth. Absolutely. And uh, he's got quite a, quite a bit of a comment here. But, hey, thanks, John, for tuning in. We hope that uh, you continue on your journey. He says here right at the end that he, he lives on the Central Coast and he loves – he's a Bible student. And so we thank you, uh, John, for tuning in today. And we hope that you're enjoying our program today. So, hey, we're going to go to a break with our song. We'll be back in just a moment. You're listening to Faith FM Drive Time BQ&A. When God looked on eternity He saw you and He saw me And He said It's worth the risk to have you in my life What I want to Let there be you 
That was Let There Be by Carly Fletcher. You're listening to Faith FM Drive Time Big Q&A with Will and Brenton in the studio. We just have a few minutes to go in our program today. We do. And uh, we've been looking at the question, well, the theme for this whole week, the Bible, the church, and the environment. But tonight, Brenton and I have been looking at the question, is there danger in worshipping the creation rather than the creator? And uh, Brenton has been doing a fabulous job taking us through Scripture and seeing what the Word of God says. So, hey, Brenton, in the few minutes we got to go, I know you wanted to kind of go into Romans 1. We and, need to get to Romans and, 1. Yeah, go ahead, mate. It's important. All right. Let's share it together, guys. Um, verse 20. For since the creation of the world, his, that's in capitals, talking about God, Invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made. So how do we understand God? If we haven't seen God personally, face to face, how do we understand God? Because of sin, of course, will we know that had we never sinned, we would have had communion with God face to face. We would have been able to see his form. We would have been able to hear his voice. We would have been able to talk to him. We would have been able to look at him yeah. eye to eye, as we say today. But here it says, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. There are two ways that God communicates with people today. One is through conscience, and conscience can come uh-huh. about by reading the word of God by prayer, because what does the Holy Spirit do? We're told that the part of the role of the Holy Spirit is to convict the world of sin, righteousness, and judgment. The other way that we can know God in this world is by the things that he has created. And Paul is basically saying here, remember Paul's talking to the church in Rome at the time, which is comprised primarily of Gentiles, but also probably of Jews as well. The Jews would have worshipped the true God, but the Gentiles, they would have come from a different background. Anyway, let's keep reading. I need to get to this key verse. Because, this is verse 21, because although they knew God, they did not glorify him as God. Now, if you don't not, don't glorify God as God, I'll keep reading, nor were thankful, but became futile in their thoughts, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Professing to be wise, they became fools and changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like corruptible man and birds and four-footed animals and creeping things. Therefore, God gave them over to uncleanness in the lusts of their flesh to dishonor their bodies among themselves, who exchanged the truth of God for the lie and worshipped and served the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forevermore. It's almost like he's giving a prayer because at the end of it he says amen. So what he's reminding us of, I believe, Will, is number one, they have no excuse. The invisible things are explained by the visible that we can see. Um, That's really interesting to listen to someone who really knows his subject on on the subject of creation. They knew God... (laughs) I've put down here in my notes in what sense. Well, they knew God through creation. They knew God through their conscience. However, 
First Timothy 4.2 tells us that in the last days, people's conscience will be seared as with a hot iron. That means, I believe in 2023, it would be fair to say that because of evolution and theistic evolution and the various other forms of evolution, which unfortunately today many Christians believe, um, the the ability that God has to get through to us of his power and Godhead as revealed in creation Correct. is becoming dimmer and dimmer. Yeah, It's clear to those of us who understand that God created the world in six days and rested on the seventh day. It's clear to us, but it's not clear to everybody. And the average Joe Blow out there in the street, it's probably not clear at all because they never give it any thought. Anyway... It goes on, it glorified him not as creator. <clears throat> the end result of that is the abominable behavior that you see demonstrated uh, by the Israelites when they wandered away from the worship of the true God. When they started worshiping the sun, moon and stars, they, de- they descended below the level of the nations that were cast out around okay. them. They were offering child sacrifices. Wow. Uh, they were committing sexual immorality on a scale that, we probably can't even imagine. There, there are two characteristics that are very, very clear that came out. Um, it says they became vain, and the Greek word for that is to become foolish. Their ingratitude to God led them to lack compassion for others. I found that interesting. I don't know whether you have a comment on that. I believe your concept of God, his holiness, his awesomeness, the reverence that is due to God's holy name, his love and his compassion, when you begin to understand those, you are able to share that. It's almost like someone's poured fragrance on you, or um, yeah. what we call it <laughs> for men, <laughs> cologne, eau de cologne. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, um, I think Paul uses the term that we are a sweet-smelling incense yeah. to God. That's correct. So... If you see the creator and worship the creator rather than the created, you are also able to see that even to some of us that we may consider the least deserving people around the place, God loves them. Yeah. Now, this is hard to grasp as you and I sit here in the studio and share, but these terrorists, Hamas, over there that are killing innocent men, women and children, God loves them. Yeah. He sent his son to die for them. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't interject that in a discussion in it today, but I'm doing it on air because we've got to remember that God died for all men and all women. Yeah. He died for them yeah. as well. Correct. And so. I, can I just jump in there, Brendan? Yeah, you can jump I right think in he, because they're the texts that I believe yeah. tell us that if you don't worship the Creator, all pretty well anything is possible. Yeah. And just to add to what you're saying, and I totally agree with what you're saying, Brendan, I think as well, when I think about why does God, because we're looking at the question, does God, is there any danger in worshipping the creation or idols um, the rather than God? yes. Yeah, and there is. Okay, and I think, will, yes. I think one aspect is the reason why God detests idolatry is because there really there's no saving, there's no power in these in these idols. I'll, I'll use the word idol in this 
part of our conversation. That's what we read earlier on, yeah. remember, in Isaiah. Why would you worship something yeah. that you've made? Yeah. It can't see, it can't hear, it can't That's think, right. it can't reason. Yes. And, yeah, this is a text that I want to read that bring that out together as well. Isaiah 45 and verse 16, it says there, All craftsmen who, this is the NLT version. Oh, this is a good one. All craftsmen who make idols will be humiliated. They will all be disgraced together. And I guess that's part of a larger yeah. passage there. Yeah. But I think that's why I think there's danger. And I think to bring it to our, I guess, in our, our today's ages, yeah. you're putting your faith and your trust in something that cannot help you. It can't save you. It can't save it you. It can't yeah. change you. And it um, it can't change your heart. Yeah. It can't change you into a new yeah. person. And furthermore, in times of trouble, it can't help you because yeah. you remember um, when Paul was on the boat in the storm in Acts 27, I think it was. Yes. They were all praying to their gods. They were. And Paul's there going, hey, guys, you know, I've prayed to the Lord. <laughs> And we know yeah. <laughs> uh, God has already told me that all of us are going to be saved. We're going to lose yeah. the ship. The ship's going to be destroyed, but not one of you is going to lose your life. <laughs> Amen. Um, anyway, we top it off by reading uh, Revelation 14, verse 7, because it says, and this is very applicable to us in 23, yeah. saying with a loud voice, Fear God and give glory to him, for the hour of his judgment has come. And worship him who made heavens and earth, the sea and the springs of water. The basis why we keep the Sabbath, the basis as to why we worship God as the creator, is because we recognize ultimately that he is our creator. We also recognize another thing that I think is important, and this is interesting, because we could have gone on to verses 26 to 28 in Romans, but we yeah. don't have time. Yeah. The other thing that is important is that our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Wow. So a healthy, can I say, respect for God as the true God and a recognition that our bodies are where God's spirit desires to dwell should lead us to look after our bodies, health-wise, diet-wise, yeah. in everything that we do. As Paul put it, whether you eat or drink, whatever you do, do, do all, all to the glory, glory of God. God. It's probably a good place to, to stop. Amen. But in answering that question, it's an unequivocal yes. You should worship the creator, yeah. not the created. Hey, we've got just about a minute before we go. About Brendan, I just right, how about you we wrap it up? How, could you just <laughs> close with a with a short prayer, praying for our Certainly. listeners and praying for our the whole conversation this week? Yeah, we can do that. Yeah. Father in heaven, we thank you that you did create us in your image. Yes, Lord. We are made in the image of the invisible God. But he said um, <clears throat> in Genesis 1, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish and over everything that God had created. Yes. We thank you, Lord, and we ask for your forgiveness personally. If at times we have put anything between us and you and that you have not been first in our lives, Lord, help us to see that Jesus came to this earth. He was God. He was fully God. And he came to this earth in the form of a man and lived among us and died for us on Calvary. We thank you, Lord, that one day soon, when God the Father and God the Son and the Holy Spirit, when they see us, they will see God's image restored in us. And yes. it will be restored because we have worshipped you truly in spirit and in truth. We have worshipped you as our creator and our redeemer.
Thank you, Lord. And I pray for our listeners today right around Australia who are listening to this program. May they experience the joy of worshipping the Creator and of celebrating His wonderful work as we worship together from Sabbath to Sabbath. We thank you for that privilege in Jesus' name.